And so you're balancing all these different things, right? You, you mentioned you're a mother, you know, you're doing your entrepreneurship. You're also um, working for the school. How do you balance all these things? And are you a perfectionist at everything that you do? Oh, that's a great question. So in terms of balance, and, and I tell this to my students too, because I teach time management. <laughs> um, I, I say there, I don't know that there's ever fully a balance. It's kind of like a bed sheet. Yeah. You try to pull it to make it perfect and it gets perfect mm. here. But over here, it gets a little wonky. So you got to go over there to kind of adjust. So I think about that in terms of time and the amount of energy that you can give to certain things and, and really accepting that it's never going to be completely perfect mm -hmm. because you have 100% to give. Where are you going to give it? Right. Hey guys, this is the Untapped Potential Podcast. And if you're watching, this is our special Halloween episode. Today, I'm Luigi. And I'm Mario. And today, we're tapping in with Amy. Amy is a multi-business owner, higher education professional, and beauty educator from the Tri-Cities area. And she has a passion for entrepreneurship, fitness, and beauty and wellness education. We're going to talk all about that on today's episode. Thank you for joining us, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a, it's an absolute honor. I know we've been uh, scheduling this for, for quite some time, so I'm glad we finally uh, were able to find some time to have you on the show. Um, and let's just jump right into it. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what got you to where you are today. Oh, sure. So I grew up in eastern Washington in West Richland, um, actually in a trailer park area. Oh, wow. And so... I am a first-generation college student, so I went to a community college, then I went to the University of Washington, then I went to Washington State University, go And then I went to WSU Tri-Cities after that and got my master's in educational leadership and administration. Um, what else you want? No, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> well, let's just start there. I mean, growing up as a first-generation college student, uh, living in the area that you're in, like, you know, obviously there's some challenges and stuff. Were, were your parents encouraging you to, to go to college or did you just decide to do that just to get out of, you know, the just experience something new, I guess? For me, it was really all about how can I get to a better life? I know what's hard. I know what I don't want to do forever, which is living paycheck to paycheck. That's not fun. Right. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of objectively looked at it and thought, okay, what do people that don't live to paycheck from paycheck to paycheck do? And for some reason at the time, I just perceived that to be, well, I think they go to college. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I'm going to do. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no plan. I just knew that that's what I was going to do. And so that was my path from there. And so I went into it kind of going like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to fund this. Um, a lot of my friends went away to university. I was... Uh, I was the one that went to community college and just was very, very focused on like, well, all my friends are at the university. I'm going to go to the university too, mm -hmm. because that is what I perceived to be what was my ticket that I was going to build to a better life of not being paycheck to paycheck. Now with higher education, like you guys know, like there's so many other things that go with it. But for me, it was really like, well, it was, it was purely financial, I didn't know about the relationship building, the social capital, um, all of the amazing experiences that you would get with going to college. I right. didn't think about that or even a career even. 
I was so focused on not living the paycheck to paycheck life that I was just like, well, that's what people do. So I'm going to figure it out. And that's exactly what I did. That's amazing. So when you went to college, did you have any idea of like what kind of major would get you to where you wanted to be? Or did you just pick out a random what you liked? I had this, I just had this notion, like, if you go to college, then you're going to get a career and then you'll live happily ever after. It's very, like, distorted. <laughs> the Disney <view>. ending. <laughs> yeah. And because I didn't know a lot of uh, professionals beyond teachers that had gone to college in my own personal life. So, again, like, trailer park experience. Um, I was always so fortunate to have have that experience, but I just didn't know people in that kind of world. Um so I just, I, I changed majors a lot of times. And when I was at University of Washington, I was pursuing speech and hearing sciences. And one day I just, I just decided I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> so then I changed it um, and, and just really continued to jump into different majors to see what I liked. But again, at the time, I was very much like, well, I just need to graduate so that I can go live happily ever after. Right. It wasn't necessarily the about the career because yeah. I wasn't looking past the education piece. I see. Yeah. I see. I think it's important that you highlight that too, because I think yes. a lot of first generation college students could relate to that, right? Yeah. Like our parents didn't go to college. We so don't just, know. just yeah. making it to college, that's huge. Yes. Yeah. Graduating from college, you oh. made it. Oh yeah. But they don't really talk about, we don't, we're not told like, oh, this degree is like a dead end. Like if yes. you want to get this degree, you need to get a master's to do anything. Like the bachelor's isn't going to do much. Exactly. Nobody really like breaks those things down for you. And I like how you pointed out like the social capital too, because that's huge, right? At least speaking from my experience, you know, our parents, they worked like in factories, the right. social capital. I mean, it might get you some places there, but like in the professional world, it's, you need it. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's mandatory. 100. Yes. And if you're if, if you don't even have an idea of the importance of those things, then, you know, you're not going to chase them. And it's important to to kind of find them out on your own. And, you know, I think it's it's really cool how you were able to do that. Yeah. So when um, let's talk a little bit about that, like finding your own path. You went to, you know, obviously you said that you went to UW, you went to WSU. Were you trying to find that the major that they offered specifically in those schools as a way to kind of define your own path towards that end goal that you were looking for? Well, I wanted to go to UW because my friends were at UW. Oh, I see. And I wanted mm. to go to the city. Right. You know, Academically, I was like, well, it's a great school. Again, yeah. first gen mindset for me. You want to go to the best school. It's a great school. school. It's in the city. I'm going to get out and experience that. And I did, which was great. Uh, but I wasn't necessarily looking at those other elements. In I terms see. Of, so they happened to offer what I was seeking and in terms of an academic major. But beyond that, I was very focused on the city itself. I see. Mm -hmm. And so when you didn't find that, you decided to go to WSU and then pursue that other alternative that you're looking for? Well, when I was in Seattle, granted, this was a different time without all the technology. Like we're talking like 2003. Okay? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I'm like, there were not smartphones at the time. So Flip there wasn't phones. like, there wasn't like social media. There wasn't a way to connect with people at that time. Right. It was coming up, but not quite yet. And I was very lonely in Seattle. So it wasn't Seattle. It wasn't UW itself. Academically, it was great. Uh, the city is great. I just, I was lonely. And so uh, some of my best friends were over at WSU. Hey, hey, Amy, come on over to WSU. And I was like, I'm not trying to go to Pullman. 
<laughs> You're like, I'm not it's in the middle go. of wheat fields. There's nothing around. Like exactly. Yeah. And so my best friend Albert was like, Amy, just come on, just come over. And I went, and he had set up this potluck with his friends for me. Um, and I went, and all of a sudden, I felt like this sense of belonging. Like I had friends and I had community. Oh, that's awesome. And people were really like, "Girl, just come on over here. Just come to WSU. Just." And so that I was, I was like, okay, I feel like there is a community there for me. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so you found that community that you were looking for in Pullman. Yes. And when you graduate, what was your degree in? Uh, my bachelor's degree is in ethnic studies. Gotcha. And um, later I went to WSU Tri-Cities and did educational leadership administration. Gotcha. So you, you use that degree in towards uh, helping others yes. uh, pursue higher education as well. Yes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so from that experience, how did you like, how did you, I guess, pivot from that into entrepreneurship? Because that's two different lanes, right? And so like, what got you into, you know, doing like beauty shows and doing the makeup stuff? Like, how did that all happen? Or d- was that happening in the background? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a great question. So, um, so I'll start by saying, while at WSU, then I found some amazing mentors that were there. And I realized, thankfully, I found this at the end of college, like, wow, they've made the difference for me as a first generation college student. I want to be that person for that for someone else. Okay. So once I went into a career in higher education, then that was clearly my path to be the person I didn't have. Mm. That's why I work in higher education. That's awesome. So as a professor for human development, yeah. as a director of a federal grant program that helps students who are first generation, low income and students with disabilities, that was my path. But in terms of the beauty industry, so that's a great question. So um, I've always loved art and throughout college, then uh, I wasn't pursuing trying to be a makeup artist, but um, I loved that whole world and mm-hmm. people started being like hey do my makeup and I'd be like oh no <laughs> I don't I don't do makeup <laughs> were you just not confident in like your skills well, it that just time, wasn't or? something that I was pursuing oh. so I really I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed painting and th- and then I realized oh make makeup is actually 3d painting and gives the ability to give someone this sense of confidence in themselves I see so yeah. so that's what it did for me and so people started being like Oh, will you do my makeup? No, 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 no. I don't do that. So finally I agreed to do someone's sister's makeup for their wedding. And so then their bridesmaids liked it and their friends like, so it just really snowballed and I'm really big on competence. And so if I'm going to be doing other people's faces, then to have that deep understanding of um, like no matter who you are or what age you are or what your skin complexion is, then I needed to be knowledgeable about how to do that. Oh, Because different skin textures, different hues of the skin. Like, so then I was like, okay, well, this is happening. Like, it's just coming to me. So um, I'm going to learn all about it from all the, all that I can from these ama- amazing artists. Interesting. So there's other, like, I mean, obviously people's skins are different, right? But I didn't yes. realize that the degree where, I mean, it sounds like you have to pick different makeup to avoid skin irritation or something on like other people's skins. And so kind of that type of understanding is what you're talking about. So, yes. So, I mean, it can be things like skin allergies, but things like I live in Eastern Washington and I'm, um, my mom's Japanese. So I have a very certain kind of eye shape 
in Eastern Washington, there's not a lot of people that have my eye shape. <laughs> in yeah. Seattle area, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in Eastern Washington, I remember when I was younger and I got my makeup done and they made me look crazy. Like, really? Because <laughs> they didn't know how to do my eye shape. Right? Yeah. And so I, I remember that feeling like that doesn't make me feel good. And I want someone that understands my face. And so as a makeup artist, then really catering to understanding everyone. So, you know, it's like from someone young through like like a 90-something-year-old Filipino woman, you know, like yeah. to understand that skin and to understand the eye and to understand like what products and textures. And so it's all art. Think of it like art and painting. Yeah. Right. On I different textures. But not only that, giving someone a feeling a yeah. feeling wonderful. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so to answer your question, so um, I did that all through college. And after I finished college, I continued in that business. And then my business in entre entrepreneurship in the, the makeup artistry world continued. And it actually continued to boom because oh, wow. it's a different kind of clientele, the way that you speak with them, the different, you know, it, it just kind of snowballs on itself and everything's worth word of mouth. It's all about the people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you do good work, people are going to talk about well, you. Well, it's good work. And also who's nice. Yeah. Who really cares? Who's excited for your wedding? Who's excited for your birthday? Right. Who's excited for this monumental photo shoot you're having with your family that you've never done in, or, or in the last 10 years? Like, this is a very special day. Right. And to be able to share that relationship with someone. And yes, I am painting their face, but it's an experience. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're balancing all these different things, right? You, you mentioned you're a mother. You know, you're doing your entrepreneurship. You're also um, working for the school. How do you balance all these things? And are you a perfectionist at everything that you do? Oh, that's a great question. So in terms of balance, and, and I tell this to my students too, because I teach time management. <laughs> um, I, I say there, I don't know that there's ever fully a balance. It's kind of like a bed sheet. Yeah. You try to pull it to make it perfect and it gets perfect mm. here. But over here, it gets a little wonky. So you got to go over there to kind of adjust. So I think about that in terms of time and the amount of energy that you can give to certain things and, and really accepting that it's never going to be completely perfect mm -hmm. because you have 100% to give. Where are you going to give it? Right. Um, so as much as I would love to always be a perfectionist, if you do that, your brain's going to explode. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> so you do what point, you can. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And at some point, like you were saying earlier today, Max, where, or Mario, uh, <laughs> you were saying that, uh, I mean, at some point, like you just kind of get gridlocked as a perfectionist and you, you just yeah. are afraid to start something because, you know, it's not going to be perfect at the end of it. And so sometimes it's just a crippling side effect of, pursuing greatness almost yes and i i was listening to this podcast once and it really helped me is it i don't he's like really big on instagram i'll have to find it and i'll yeah. tell you but he said something like um if you're creating content and you put it out and it's 70 percent good then that's good because you put it out mm -hmm. and for me before like you know like here i'm like a student like excellence or nothing kind of a mentality, realizing that that can be an inhibitor. Right. If it's 110% every time, if I'm at a 90% and I don't put it out, that's not helping anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once I really came to terms with like rationalizing, like, okay, 
it needs to be, I, of course I strive for excellence always, but ultimately if I put this out, how it is, um, will it help someone? And if the answer is yes, even one person, then I'll output whatever I'm doing. Oh, wow. Because it can be more helpful to someone than for me locking it up and hoping it's perfect. Right. Right. So you didn't study business, but Correct. you know you are a business woman. Right. You, yes. you work in business. How did you learn those skills and apply them to your entrepreneurship? So, oh gosh, that's a great question. So uh, to preface this, so I also own a business con- called The Connection Concierge. So what we do with that is, well, we do a lot of things, but our primary role is um, education and consulting. So we specialize in helping local businesses um, become hey. more knowledgeable about how to utilize certain kinds of platforms like Instagram, for instance, right now. Um, And just a quick plug, we have it pulled up on the screen too. So you can find the Connection Concierge on Instagram at the Connection Concierge underscore. Yes. So what we'll do is uh, we play a few roles. So um, right now we're really focusing on education and consulting. So if someone comes and says, look, especially during COVID, people that in the past that have said, you know, this whole social media thing, I really wasn't doing it, but I understand that it's important. I I understand that it can help my business and my livelihood. I don't really understand how to use it. Can you show us? And so going through and providing that kind of education or a lot of people are like, well, I know I want to be on, but what am I going to talk about? What should I show? Um, so that's really what we're focusing on. Now, if you look at the page currently, then it also shows our out, outreach component. So we'll go show an experience of, of a local business, experience it, and be able to speak to that and provide information in that way. So to answer your question about um, being that my educational background is not in business, how did I jump into entrepreneurship? For my makeup artistry business, that naturally fell to me as a technical skill, right? Yeah. But for Connection Concierge, Um, Also, really looking at everything that I do as a whole, whether it's in education, makeup, or in um, outreach and education for media and business, it all comes back to people. Relatability. So if we're looking at business, what's really the most, one of the most powerful drivers in business? It's people. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can sell you this straw that's sitting in front of me, or I can make it personal, or I can vouch for the person that I know, like my friend who put all this work into it and this is their why. And this is why I entrust in them. People invest in people, not always in product. Right. Or they'll fall to the product after they understand the people. Like I've I've heard a lot of times where people are saying, well, social media has changed things. And it's like, well, to a point, but people are still people. We're looking for connection. Mm Mm-hmm. We're looking for acceptance. We're looking for relatability. So whether that's in education or in makeup or in this case, consulting and education for business, it's all comes back to the same thing. Right. So it's about people in relationships. Yeah. What are some stories that you have working yeah. with local businesses? Oh my gosh, it's great. So I think of it like, you know how people have, you have your baby, like maybe it's your dog or your cat or your kid or something that's so dear to you. Or even if it's not something like that, maybe it's something that you're so proud of. 
so proud of and passionate about. What I love about local business is they're sharing their baby with you. Right. Whether it's an actual (laughs) baby or not, you know. So their business is their baby. This is um, oftentimes it's their passion. It's their livelihood. And it's a very vulnerable place where, um, again, because because we're in 2021, people are coming very in a very vulnerable space saying, um, and this is the advantage of having that social capital we've talked about mm-hmm. coming to us saying, you know, you help my friends X and Y. So I have a trust for you and I'm going to share with you something I have not shared with anyone else, which is these are some of the challenges that are going on with my business right now. I see. And so us really being able to be helpful and navigating what you want communicated to the public. Mm-hmm. Um these are some strategies that we've come up with to be able to showcase you. This is what our action plan is. Because a lot of times when people are having those challenges, like they, they need a plan, a realistic plan that will be implemented. Um, They need people that care and they need also hope. Right. Right. And there's just so much negativity in the world. I mean, especially on social media on online, you know, it's, it's hard to escape it. And it's easy for, somebody to be anonymous and just put out like a really negative sentiment yes. about your business. And if it's something that you're really passionate about and you're putting yourself out there and showing that vulnerability, it's almost, you know, it brings your confidence down. It, it makes people not want to take that risk again almost. Yes, exactly. And so like, what are some of those experiences? Like how do you tell people how to handle negative, neg- negative comments or negativity overall on social media? Well, I think that our, we're, our big thing is like, I'm like positivity. (laughs) No, not every day is a positive day. You know, like we can't be happy all the time, but looking at like, okay, anyone that gives you something negative, they're not your real consumer. Right. They're Mm -hmm. not loyal to you. They're not invested in you. Does it, for some people, like it really affects them. It hurts because we're humans. Like that's personal because that's their baby they're sharing with you. It's their small business, their local business. That's very personal. Mm -hmm. But also recognizing these aren't people that are rallying for you. They're not coming for you. We're here to hone your people, like your allegiant people that love you, that want to blow you up and blast you and just show you all the love. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's really where we intentionally focus our time and energy on serving the people who are there for you. So it's really all about service, okay. serving uh-huh. your people. Um, but to answer a question about some of the experiences that we've had uh, with the Connection Concierge, we're very um, experience focused in terms of the businesses that we get. We have the privilege of showcasing. We, oh gosh, we've met so many amazing people. They're like brilliant. And I'm like, Yes, there's so much talent here. Um, and these people just like live by what they do. Like if if they do flowers, they love flowers. That's awesome. If they sell cookies, they love cookies. Like <laughs> they live yeah, like that. Real. I want to buy I want right? to buy cookies or flowers like, from that person. Well, and not only that, like beyond uh the business side, these are places that I personally go to or that I personally can say this is the advantage I have. Again, it's about the people. The owner of this place is amazing. Like, I love them. They're, and so when people ask me, and people do ask me, like, Amy, what do you really think about that vodka? <laughs> and I'm like, do you know how much of that vodka I've consumed? A lot. Like, yeah. it's it's excellent regardless of if we have the honor of representing them or not. Right. We are doing what we believe in. 
but the people, then I can say, and these, did you know this story? This is, I got to go behind the scenes and hear about the making of this, to hear about the things that people have overcome, to hear about the challenges um, and what they've been working through and what they're doing in the future and what their plans are. Like, it's almost like a behind the scenes of someone loving their baby and sharing that with you. No, that's amazing. Have you ever turned down anybody? Yes. Okay. So you've been like, you know what? Your pizza sucks, dude. Like, I don't want (laughs) to. Well, (laughs) so what happens with us anyway is there's an application process, but really only truly um, because we want to be representing people and, and products and services experiences that we personally believe in. Like I personally would do. So, um, my big thing is like, I can't swim. I'm terrified of open water. <laughs> and where we live, paddle boarding is very popular. Oh, next to so, Columbia River, right? Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> so, if I were, and no one's approached us yet about this, but if I were to be approached for paddle boarding, I would decline that yeah. because I'm not going to say, ooh, this paddle boarding is great. I am terrified of the river. Like <laughs> I can't right. swim. Like that's not authentic. And that's not something that works into my life. Right. Yeah. So I, I would be able to offer something else in terms of education and consulting in terms of the kinds of things that they could do yeah. on their platform to be able to provide information and content to the public. So I can help in other ways, but I wouldn't be able to represent them and say, Hey, I go paddle boarding. No, I can't. I can't even swim. <laughs> so the answer is yes, we do decline people. But but just because of that, it needs to fit in authentically. Yeah, and, yeah. That, and that makes um, sense. And also knowing like if like if someone's not friendly or nice, I re- my again, it's about people. Like right. I care that people are nice. That right. matters. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to <laughs> promote somebody who has like no. a one star Yelp review because of the owner and yeah. being rude. And <laughs> no, I don't care how good. Like I, I love good products, but if the people aren't nice, that's that goes very far. Because as humans, we care. Absolutely. Like we want to be treated nicely. So right. Yeah. Yeah, and and you touched on it, but you know, a lot of businesses have been put in a tough spot because of COVID. Yes. And I'm sure you've talked with a lot of businesses and consulted them on how they could maybe, you know, improve a little bit through these hard times. Mm-hmm. What are some common themes that you've seen kind of across the board or some advice that you can give to maybe some business owners that may be watching right now? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, something that's commonly come up is how can I justify the cost? Like, how can I show value when other competitors are priced lower, how can I justify that I want to be in the upper ranks of the money, right? Like how can, how can I be more luxury? How can I show that I'm luxury? How can I, um, so that's something that's really big and something that we tell people is show the process, show your expertise. If it's something that you're creating, if it's something you're working on, if it's a behind the scenes, it's like this product or service didn't just magically come up and you put it on the shelf or you didn't just magically become excellent and knowledgeable. Show yourself, show your process, show the behind the scenes because there is a value in that. It it elevates the value and also it personalizes it. Like, wow, someone is busting their ass to, to create this. This is why I'm going to choose to go to this person. Maybe it's a project product. Like I'm going to go to this person because I saw their hands creating this thing. This is 
this is so elaborate. This took so many hours versus going and buying it at a major retailer. Right. Yeah, it's the sweat wow. sweat equity that you don't see. Exactly. And people see show like it. A, yeah, people see like a shiny box. Like for example, what I did sell it a take to get to the box? Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah, yep. like the you know it, you don't show like the six months or whatever of product development that it took, the marketing, the mm-hmm. you know buying mm-hmm. the packaging and and all that. So that's a really good that's a really good yes. piece of yeah. advice for show sure. Show it and it and it then you're emotionally invested like. To go on the journey of, for example, this headband Mm -hmm. to see like the sketches and to see like I'm on the journey. So I'm emotionally invested. So when it's out, not only am I going to buy that product, I'm going to love it and I'm going to tell everybody about it and be able to speak to that process because I've emotionally partaken in that. So that's, that's a huge one. And it's something that people are doing already, but it's a matter of taking that time Turn on your phone. Show the process. Yeah. And take time to create it, too. A lot of people aren't confident about creating content. They don't know. They Uh, haven't done it before, you know? Yes. Yeah. So what do you tell people? Like, they're like, you know, I've never really, I have an Instagram account. I don't really post. But what would you say is the first step for them to do that? Just take a photo, you know, like. Exist. Yeah. Make it exist. Even if you're not posting constantly on your feed, let it exist. And the majority of the viewership is going to be, at least at this current time, because Instagram's always changing, um, is via reels and story. Mm. stories are high engagement. Right. So looking at, if you're going to take the time to create the content, sure, you can post on the feed because you need to exist. But I always tell people on stories, at least currently in, in our current state until it changes, <laughs> yeah. that stories is kind of your playground to show the informal. Maybe make your feed itself polished but we're showing the in- right. informal or vulnerability. Like um, if you are a custom cookie creator, for instance, show your messy cooks. I want to see the mess. Right. I see the final perfect result of the image you've taken at the end, but show me the mess. <laughs> show me yeah. all the dirty dishes. Okay. You Cause have to clean we up. are humans and we've all experienced the mess. That's relatable. Right. Right? Yeah, that's a gem. That's huge. If you are truly you and you're showing a little bit more of yourself and how you are, you're going to attract those kinds of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I want to pivot to your other Instagram page, your main one. Explain to me, like, how do you you bring that advice that you were telling us to life on your own social media? Sure. So on my um, at Amy with Lemon page, my focus is beauty and wellness. Um, and, and we were talking about this earlier as someone who is almost 40 years old, looking at, um, things that I can invest in that actually work. I like to show the nitty gritty that maybe people aren't publicly showing. Right. Right. So like, I'll show my face getting numbed up. (laughs) (laughs) I will show the, the laser like going on my skin. I will show like, this is how. I'm doing certain things or this was my personal experience and I'll take people on that journey. And when people are like, oh my God, did that hurt? I've been thinking about getting laser hair removal. Did it hurt? On a scale of 10, what was your experience? Or, you know, who do you trust? Where do you trust? What kinds of questions should I be asking? Or, uh, but because I think just due to fear, lack of information and people not really showing like looking themselves looking silly, which I... People don't want to be mocked, yeah. almost, you know, but it's almost showing that vulnerability shows yes. a, a humility side of it too. Yeah. And it helps people relate, like you were saying. 
like a messy kitchen, right. a messy yeah. house. My house is taken over. So I have a four-year-old. It's a princess wonderland of pink everywhere. And I was the person, I was like, there will be no way, no way <laughs> that toys will be in my living room. My toys are my whole living room. Like they it's a hot mess of princess throw up like in there. But that that's, again, it's a people thing. Like yeah. that's relatable. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, my living room is also a hot mess filled with children's things. And I swore I would never be that person. So, so, you know, whether that's, life stuff but again my my focus is primarily going to be um, beauty experiences and services that work or don't um and also my big thing especially in this really interesting space of my current age uh is going oh my gosh like before of course it's important to take care of yourself but all of a sudden i'm like oh my gosh if I don't drink enough water, my back's going to hurt. <laughs> right. Like I've got to get my water and I've got to, I've got to move my body. Cause if I don't, I'm going to just feel like so tired. And yeah. so, um, for me, I wasn't, um, I wasn't an athlete before, like into sports or fitness and I didn't know how to lift weights. And, um, in the last year and a half, then I've been really big on learning that. And I'll show myself saying like, look, this is a new lift I'm trying Am That's I doing awesome. it 100% right? No, I'm not. Because you know how many DMs I get where people are like, you're, you're not doing that right. But you know, what's really cool that I found about the fitness community is there's, so this is like, I've never been on a team, like a sports team. Like I don't, I didn't have that experience of camaraderie and support in that way. So in this, in this fitness space or in this lifting space, but fitness in general, I find um, having people come out and they'll come out and say, you know, you're not quite lifting right, but they're coming from it in a positive way saying like, you know, go ahead and this looks good and this looks good, but go ahead and put your shoulders back more. Oh, like, I see. You're doing so good. Yeah. yeah. Like you're doing yeah. so good. Like people, I don't even know they're rooting for you. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe I look ridiculous. Maybe I am lifting it wrong, but to show, especially I think as women, we're in this culture where a lot of people aren't strength training, resistance training. And I'm not right. saying everybody should like lift big weight, but I'm just saying like, take care of yourself and it's appropriate to do resistance training. Like you need to be strong right? and take care of yourself, especially as you're aging. So that is my big thing in saying like, look, I might look silly, but I'm trying yeah. and look, I can lift a lot of weight now. And it's really cool because one of the photographers, um, I got to set to do makeup and she goes, Oh good. I've been waiting for you to come because I need you to lift this table. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was like the best, <laughs> the I know best, you could do it. the best, evidence. right. That's the Man. best compliment I could ever get. Like you were waiting for me to lift that table. Cause you think I'm strong. Like that's the coolest thing. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like vulnerability is a big, plays a big part in your business and your personal life. It is. Has that always been a strength of yours? Have you always been comfortable being vulnerable like that? I think that um, pre-COVID especially then, um, because of the nature of what I do at the college, I work a lot of one-on-one -on -one or I'm teaching a class that I've established a relationship with and saying, look, you guys, the book says this, but this is the real deal. Mm -hmm. Like, And here are some examples of people I personally know that have been through XYZ. That goes a lot further. So I knew the formula in terms of relational, like one-on-one -on -one or small group, whatever. Right. But I hadn't necessarily implemented that in my media because media is a lot bigger. Right. Media is a space where a lot of times, I guess, especially pre-COVID, you know, we want to look a certain way and be a certain way. And 
create this amazing thing. And it is, and that's fun. Like do that. But also some days are just hard and I'm not out there. I'm not someone who's out there is saying like incrementally, this is my day or incrementally, like these are negative things. I'm just, my space is more like, Hey, I'm learning. And this is what it looks like when I'm learning. And if you try to learn, you might look kind of like this too. Right. Right. And I look like this, so it's okay. (laughs) You know, and maybe I don't always do the lift right, but now I can lift a lot and it's cool. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So just put yourself out there and try, but it's, it's formulaic in that way. But again, the relatability, no one wants to look silly or they don't want to feel embarrassed or they don't want to look like it's an uphill battle to getting to success. A lot of people show the success and that's awesome. Like celebrate that. But it doesn't just happen. You guys know that yeah, you, put right. in the work. You, you put in the work mm-hmm. and you have to be consistent and you have to have a plan. And if that plan doesn't work, you have to pivot and make a new plan. Right. So what does that look like? Have, so Have you gotten a lot of people who have decided to try these different things that have reply to you or sent you a DM saying, Hey, like you've sent me or you've encouraged me to do this and now I'm doing this and I really love it. Mm-hmm. And have you been surprised by the response or tell me a little bit more about that? <gasps> That's yes. It's the best thing ever. Like, so I'm like scrolling through stories. I see this woman is deadlifting like 245 pounds. Oh, and wow. so I replied to it and I was like, yeah, like, and she messaged me back and she was like, it's because I saw you lifting heavy. Wow. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah. So I started doing it. And she's someone that doesn't even necessarily like she doesn't story reply. She doesn't comment on my stuff. She doesn't like my stuff. I have no idea. But the, I think my biggest thing is remembering you never know who's watching. Right. And for me, if it helps one person, then it's worth it. You know, whatever that's- you're posting, if it helps one person, that's worth it. So Um, That's one example, but other people like I show, um, if you guys ever follow me, then um, maybe I'm doing a million things. So I won't always be posting on my story, but I'll always post my workout because that's my accountability way. So I'll show like my feet walking on the road, but people that I don't even know will show their feet walking (laughs) to be like getting my movement in today. (laughs) You know, it's just the smallest (laughs) things. It doesn't have to be, I think with content creation, it doesn't always have to be this big production. And I appreciate the production. I'm definitely a part of that. And I love that. And there's an art in that. But if you know that you can provide help in some way, maybe you're showing your feet walking, freaking post it. Yeah. And people will follow you. Like you said, yeah. you never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. And that's and the amazing part of social media. Of people message me. They're like, oh, I became a mom. And guess what? Like I lost 50 pounds and blah, blah, blah. And it's because I've been watching you. And I'm like, really? I've never even t-. like in my mind. I'm like, I've never we've never even spoken. I had no wow. idea. <laughs> but I think just um, for me, it's always like JLo because she's 52 and she's bomb and strong. And, you know, like she I don't know. JLo. I don't message JLo, but she exists. So I'm always like, well, JLo does it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it too. So um, by people messaging me saying, well, you're a mom and you know, you have abs and that's so cool. And so then I, I think maybe I can do it too. That's the best. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, people have messaged me. It's great. It's (laughs) like the best thing ever. (laughs) That's awesome. 
So I think I want to, first of all, thank you again for joining the show. Um, we, we loved our conversation today with you. Yeah, thank, um, you thank you. If you want to talk to Amy, I mean, feel free to DM her. She's her Oh, DM me all the time. Yeah. Um, it's at Amy with lemon. We'll put it on the description. It's also on the screen right now. Um, if you want to learn more about the connection concierge, you can find them at the connection concierge underscore on Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, thank you again for, for yeah, joining thanks, us. Thanks, Amy. Thank you guys um, so and much. thank you for uh, for watching the episode. So make sure to like the video to help us in the algorithm. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and we'll catch you next time.